the future under global warming is even more alarming. It's already clear that this year will be far and away the warmest year yet on record, and likely in over 100,000 years. Last week, while in Cape Town, I caught up with Chris Trissos, who runs the university's African Climate and Development Initiative, and warns the extreme weather we've seen over the past few months is just a foretaste of what's to come. We just saw a few months ago the kind of heat that Europe and other parts of the Northern Hemisphere expected, and maybe we might be heading into the same thing here. And so I think extreme impacts and surprise not just at how severe the impacts are from the physical science side, but also how vulnerable society is often turning out to be. Uh, We've had many of these impacts in recent years, but how much more frequent they're becoming and severe they're becoming and hitting in multiple parts of the world, often in the same month, is really a wake-up call for doing something about it on helping people adapt and talking about loss and damage finance. I mean, whether it's droughts or floods or storms or extreme heat and the dangers those pose, it seems to me the general thing of the world getting warmer is in itself not interesting. And the stuff that you do is interesting. It's that, what is the world going to look like? But it also seems to me the difficult one because it's sort of a cascade of effects and so on. Yeah, I think one of the real breakthroughs in some of the impact research in the last few years has been realizing just how much more complex these risks get with increased global warming. For example, if you have a drought that it can often be followed by a heavy precipitation event, and then your drought might be happening at the same time as an extreme heat event, and how that leads to multiple risks interacting. So if it's really dry, then you've got risk of crop failure. But if it's hot at the same time, one of the things you can do to offset the heat risk to your crops is irrigate them. But now you can't irrigate because there's a drought. But also a lot of people who work in agriculture, they're outdoor workers, right? So with extreme heat, your labor productivity is lower. That cascades to negatively affect their household incomes because if they're getting less crop yields as a subsistence farmer or if they're getting paid for their agricultural labor and they're at heat risk and they can't work, then they've got lower agricultural earnings. That then cascades to affect their health care. Maybe they don't have workplace insurance in many agricultural settings, so they feel they have to show up to work. So then they're at risk of heat stroke and heat illnesses because they can't take the day off. Or if they do go to work, but the hours are restricted and they're wage laborers, they get paid less, then they have less to spend on food at home or on on other healthcare expenses. So predicting all those cascading effects into the future is really difficult. And often I think we're left in the space of being surprised. And unfortunately... Often it's a bad surprise. Uh, things are worse than we might have expected. And so it's really, I'd say, it's a bit everything, everywhere, all at once. Every sector has to play its part, and we've all got to start to act now if we're going to limit the level of global warming to something that's not so severe it looks like a disaster movie. I suppose in a way, I think, well, if we do this to ourselves, that's our own stupid fault. But I do feel that when we inflict this on every other species we share this planet with, To me, that's outrageous. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I think for people, for other species, for the ecosystems, for the world we live in, we've entered the age of loss and damage, but we're just at the start. And what we're seeing already makes you just want to cry. That said, there's a lot we can do to limit it. 
we can't eliminate loss and damage right now. It's here. And I think one thing that sometimes puts me off is when you hear certain policymakers, politicians, people saying climate change is an existential threat, right? It could cause the extinction of humans. There's, there's not much research out there saying that climate change is going to make humanity go extinct or it's going to kill all life on Earth. But why I get angry when I hear that is I feel like, you know, shouldn't the bar be a bit higher? Yeah. <laughs> if you look at how the world responded to COVID, and that wasn't an existential threat to humanity. And in many cases, the interventions there scientifically were very well evidenced and they saved thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of lives. An emergency, urgent, rapid and sustained response is what we're looking at for the climate crisis and what we need. And so we shouldn't be saying, oh, what justifies action here is the risk of extinction of the whole human species or of the whole of the Amazon. You know, just the fact that, like, if 1% of people were to be killed by climate change, just as a hypothetical, that's crazy shocking. But in some parts of the world, we're talking about potentially whole nation states of small islands being buried under the waves. That alone should be enough to motivate us to take action for care out of ourselves as people, our global community and the ecosystems we, we share the planet with. Chris Tressos of the University of Cape Town with concerning thoughts about the future.